Hey, Slipping listeners. I just wanted to make everyone aware that this weekend, uh, September 18th, Wangfest Revival is going to be happening at Gingerman Raceway. This is a revival event for one of our buddies, Mikey, uh, who recently had a stroke, kind of a massive medical issue, and uh, it needs our help uh, to help fund his his recovery. Now, you may have seen a, a GoFundMe available um, on uh, the GoFundMe website for Mikey, um, but uh, frankly, that's it's not enough. And so uh, the Wangfest revival uh, proceeds will go to help support our buddy Mikey, longtime track buddy, kind of one of the Ramblers, uh, been around Gingerman forever. And uh, the community uh, needs to rally around him to help him get back to the track. So if you're interested in doing a basic track day at Gingerman Raceway on the 18th, uh, go to grid.life and you can sign up there. I think track day is full day on track, I think is $200, which uh, certainly is a bargain. Um, If you're interested in getting any extra track time before upcoming events, uh, it's a great place to start. And if you're busy and you can't make it to Wangfest, uh, hit up that GoFundMe and see if you can, uh, anything that you can spare to help our friend Mikey, it will be appreciated by everyone in the community. So thanks so much and enjoy the show. Who's this show brought to you by? It's brought to you by FCP Euro. Yeah, they're all, cool. They're right over there. All the parts you buy are guaranteed for life. Yep. And uh, Apex Pro. Yep. Um, congratulations to Ryan Finch on his second place finish. Always yeah. a bridesmaid at uh, Solo National. Is, is that his first or second, third, fourth, fifth time as a bridesmaid? Uh, it's uh, he's it's not real, the first time. He's been real close. Yeah. Uh, but super competitive in uh, in G Street in his Civic. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, it's a car that he still just drives to work every day. Yeah, it's super basic. So, like, if you can, if you can take your daily, and uh, take it to nationals and finish second, that's it's not too bad. There's a lot of dog hair in this microphone, Abe. You should uh, you should pick off that off. There. Who else is brought to you by patrons? Uh, it is brought to you by the patrons. We still have um, those. <laughs> We still have the patrons. We appreciate your support. I am. I've got uh, two boxes of t-shirts that I am mailing out. I've got new supplies. I love that. And uh, if you support the show and uh, I get an alert and I'll mail you a t-shirt. So thanks. Super rad. Um, Sorry, I'm going to turn my microphone down, my radio down. So it's uh, Wednesday before Midwest Festival. This is the the earliest that I've ever been to the grounds before a festival. You beat me here. It was just unbelievable. I was was 12 hours behind you. You slept here last night, right? I did, yeah. So Um, I got here on Tuesday. Um, I'm parked down in the paddock in my bus. We're just south of the tower, uh, if you know Gingerman. And uh, it's a beautiful day, man. And the weather looks amazing. Yeah, you know, like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to jinx it. But I don't it's even like want to look at it. It's so mid seventies yeah. from now until like Tuesday. Yeah, and it's Wednesday. Yeah, it's amazing. So like, you can, it's hard to predict the weather because we're so close to the lake. Right. So like, it might rain, but, um, but so far so good. It's yeah. today has been pretty great. It's like yep. high sixties. Yeah, sixty eight, sixty nine. Dude, I love it. Um, I'm in your RV. This is the first show we've done in here. 
Uh, I did shows, you did uh, shows with the Festiva I, guys. I have not been in here. And Dalton and Adam Nielsen and also one with Ferris. Ferris. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ferris is coming this weekend, but uh, this is third third event you've had this at. This is my mobile recording studio. Yeah, third event. It's so much bigger than mine inside. <laughs> with the uh, with the slide outs out, it's gigantic. It's yeah. so crazy. Um, but yeah, beautiful day. We're at Gingerman Festival, and uh, it's hard to believe we're actually doing Midwest Festival for real again. It's kind of surreal seeing the stage go up after two years. Um, we got the big stage. We got SL three twenty, I think. Basically, it's a semi-truck that, like, folds out like a transformer, and it becomes a very big stage. And it takes people, like, 36 hours to do it. <laughs> but it's pretty cool. Um, so I spent yeah. uh, all day uh, here working yeah. remotely, which was very cool. Um, kind of chill. It, yeah. It's like... It's like your own big apartment where no dogs and babies are hanging out. Yeah, kind of. Like, it's, it's actually easier to work here than it is in my apartment because of the dogs and yeah. Sloan. And so, like... Today was like working from a hotel. It mm-hmm. was weird. But wow. I really like this thing. This is the first time I've seen it in the daylight. The color of the wood is actually pretty nice, too. Kind of a cherry color. Yep. Um, and Ashley and I talked about painting it, but there's so much. Just leave it, man. I, then like, I, I think it would be hard to do a really good job. It'd be really hard. You'd have to like spray all the doors and then yep. paint everything else. And there's just so much of it. Yep. And, and to me, it doesn't look dated. It's fine. It looks fine to me. Yeah, what's that noise? That's the uh, that's the weather station. The, <laughs> I a, told you it's a weird noise. Yeah, it's kind of putters. So there's a there's a funny like uh, almost like a weather vane on the roof. Yeah, um, that senses the wind speed and pulls in the uh, armless awning. Oh, really? Get one um, of those when the wind blows. Right, and so like, I mean. It feels like it's really sensitive, so we don't put it out very often. Right. And I haven't put it out yet because I don't know who's going to park next to me. And so, so if you put it out and it gets windy, it pulls it back in. Correct. It's yeah. so crazy. And it has, it has rad, different though. risk tolerances before yeah. it'll retract. So you've got high, medium, and low. Okay, so it, you tell it how risky you're feeling? Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's cool. Does it, so that basically that would be... Uh, You'd want to put it on high for any grid life event because you never know when a tornado's coming. Correct. But yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that that was a thing on those things. Um, I've seen them do it though because I, I I've been at a track and a storm kicks up and I know nobody's in that RV and the thing comes in. Yep. So it makes sense now. I hadn't I didn't know that that was like a wind speed related thing. So uh, today also there's um. I don't know, probably an early 2000s flat screen uh, that's mounted above the driver's seat for yeah. passengers to watch. Like a 24-inch 24, 24 Vizio or something like that? Uh, I, I don't know how big it is. Yeah. But I was looking... Uh, first, I wanted to see if the antenna was connected so that I could pay, maybe tune into some channels today. Right. Um, the antenna is not connected. There right. is one, but okay. it's not connected. So um, I think I'm going to take that one down, measure it properly, and then... I think my preference is to just put a Chromecast, attach it. It seems like that thing is, repl- it, it seems like somebody built the attachments to hold it and, they, and it replaced a CRT TV. Yeah, probably. Because yeah. there's a big box there. Yep. But somebody did a nice job on it. Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool. Yeah. So. Uh, Man, this is, uh, this is so much different than mine. I'm really jealous. I'm I'm not convinced that the thermostats in the front or the rear work. Yeah. Uh, because today the AC was on. Right. And it was so cold in here that like I had to shut things off. Oh really? Yeah. And I had like the thermostat in the front set to seventy one. Yeah. They might not work. They may not. <laughs> How do you turn them on? Uh, 
over here above the driver's okay. seat is a two-zone uh, climate control. That's ridiculous. Uh, <sighs> what, what else we got? We here? did. We did. Uh, so you brought this to Mid Ohio. It was your first journey with it, right? Yep. Um, and you did some shows out of it. We brought it to Heartland. How did that trip go? Uh, really well. Yeah. Um, uh, Lichty drove with you. He actually he drove the entire trip. The did ent- he really? He drove. All of it. You just hung out? I, I hung out in the passenger seat. That sounds yeah. kind of awesome. It was awesome. So, uh, like, I've literally ridden in my RV for like 45 minutes or an hour while you drove one time. Correct. And that's it. Yeah. That's the, I'm going to make two hours. I don't even know. I might have slept a little bit. So, on the way out, um, I was still working yeah. uh, from the, the passenger seat. And he was, you know, he's better at pulling trailers than I am, especially right. his trailers. So, yeah, you hooked up his trailer. He brought the GLTC Porsche Cayman out. Yep. And uh, and the trailer was at a severe angle. It was. <laughs> um, I I brought my tow dolly yeah, for this weekend. That. I'm going to buy a fit from Kevin. You are buying it. That's my plan. That's uh, So we're both going to be second-gen fit owners. Correct. Because I just bought one, too. I'm Because they're I'm, awesome. <laughs> well, I drive, I think, about 45 miles a day. And, like... I don't want to burn the Civic down. Right. I actually like it, yeah, and median, I, I like driving side. it, but, like, commuter miles are just terrible, yeah. so. Yeah, I, uh, Chris and I flew out to uh, New Jersey last Tuesday, Tuesday morning, and I had arranged to buy the cheapest second-gen fit I've ever seen. Uh, it was 2500 bucks, and it's it was red at one point. It's really, really pink. It's not rusty, but, man, the paint is, like, falling off this thing. It's not good. Uh, but 139,000 miles, AC blows cold. It's got a TPMS light because, like, the previous owner, like, didn't put the TPMS back in. So I'm, i got to figure out how to pull the TPMS light out. Um, and randomly, it throws a check engine light for the EVAP canister purge solenoid in the gas tank. Uh, it runs awesome. Dude, it runs so good. Nice. We uh, came with two sets of tires, snows and summers. Came with a full Honda B-Spec exhaust. Like in the back seat, so I have to put the B spec exhaust on. It's got a party pipe, huh? Yeah, it's got a, it's got a little brat pipe on it, dude. And uh, I've been talking to Fortunato about you know when their coilovers are ready. They they just started making coilovers for the for both gen first and second gen fit. Um, they're waiting on camber camber plates or top hats or whatever. I don't know. Um, so I might buy a set of Fortunes for it because I love how my Fortune five tens ride. Like they ride nice. Yeah. Like they ride properly nice. Um, and, uh, cause the digressive pistons, you know, high speed piston travel, when you hit a bump, it's like nicer than OEM, um, even with more spring rate. Right. So I intend to actually drive a little bit of Sunday cup next year. Uh, maybe at road America, if my civic isn't done, cause I'm doing dumb things to the civic now. Always. You can't leave the civic alone. I haven't talked about it on the show yet, but it's got a new engine in it. It's got a 1.5 D series now. Um, I pulled out the engine at uh, after Mid Ohio because after Mid Ohio the oil pump broke at Mid Ohio. Like, I mean, I had that engine in for like literally fifty track days, maybe more. Um, and I I put new rings and rod bearings in like two track days ago. I did Honda meet, did the first day at Mid Ohio, and then the second day uh, I think I over revved it once on a downshift. I downshifted too fast, um, but I had revved it higher than that when I. This is the engine that I used to have turboed. And I did a half mile roll racing event, and I, me and my brother, like during the event, we're like, it's not because we're out of RPM like 145 miles an hour. And we're like, let's just bump it to 8300, and we'll break 150. <laughs> <laughs> so we bumped it to 8300, and I'm like, what? <laughs> At 8300, and it was fine. But uh, 
I I don't even think I hit eight with it. It's got springs and retainers, uh, so it can actually rev. But it's a two point three liter, so it's a big, big long stroke motor. Um, and I think the oil pump broke, and it actually broke the housing, and there's oil coming out of the housing of the oil pump. No bummer. Which is I've never seen that on a Honda ever. Um, and the oil pressure was still there, and the oil is clean, so I think the bottom end is salvageable. Um, there's no sparkle in the oil, but I think the oil pump itself broke and just like expanded the housing. And I didn't run it very long. I pulled in immediately. And it's got lower than than proper oil pressure. Like it dropped 20 PSI. So I was like, I just, I can't, I can't dig into an engine anymore. I've like put this engine in so many times this year since January. And I'm like, I know that the, the D15 that used to be supercharged in the car last year, it was so good. It was so perfect. And I sold the supercharger, and I was like, all right, I'm going to try out the ITBs on the big F motor. Um, and so we went to Coda, had problems. Went to every other event, had problems. Uh, Honda made it was pretty good. It wasn't perfect, but it was pretty good. Um, and it was, I, like, I'm just exhausted by the F-SWAT project. So I took it all out. I put it under the shelf, and I'm like, all right, we'll deal with you later (laughs) and i took that d15 and i put it back in and i've been like piecing together just a cheap basic turbo kit for it so i'm planning on doing like an eight psi turbo kit it'll probably make like not very many cars in gltc are turbocharged except like a body in white civic si new si's there's been a couple of miatas that have done it really and they've done rear mount setups i think one or two of them um jeff preston's doing one or he did one he's supposed to be here this weekend but he's not um What's his face? He totaled it at uh, Road America, but he's fi- he fixed it. The blue one. Cody? Cody Miles? No. Mason. Cody Mason, yeah. Um, he uh, And he drove at Road, Road Atlanta. Also, he had a rear mount turbo with no intercooler. He just ran like a long charge pipe. <laughs> super super cool low it boost. back off. Super low boost, you know, so you don't really put a big turbo on. It just makes power from like five to seven, and you're good. Um and there have been a couple others, but not very many. So I'm I'm trying the low boost small turbo setup, and uh, I mean the most reliable engine setup that this car ever had was a basic basic turbo D. There was one day, me and my buddy Dave, uh, we came here for the very first three balls track day um, ever in '05, and I did 212 miles on track. That day. dude, it was nuts, and it was just a turbo D, like ten psi, I mean like one eighty five, um, and it's just over lap, 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 like no problems at all. Super simple. Um, so I'm just gonna go back to what uh, what I know a little bit, and it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Well, uh, you were talking about doing dumb stuff. Uh, it's the not dumbest. been mentioned on the podcast yet. You did another dumb thing. What's that? Oh, it's not here yet. It's coming today. Is that right? Yeah, the sports racer. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't told my wife about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so years ago, I bought. Actually, I traded a bunch of labor to the owner of Gingerman. I changed a bunch of thermal panes that were fogged up, like on the tower. I now, like, you say this like this was like fifteen years ago. When you say years ago, you mean like four years ago, three or four. three or four. Um, three or four years ago is like a thousand years ago in my life, right? Now. In grid life, life, yeah. yeah. Um, so I changed a bunch of thermal panes and on the tower. Like half the glasses in the tower are broken or fogged. Changed those. Did. A bunch of work on the house. I did a patio door like repair and work, uh, new lock and stuff, new rollers. I did the screens on the cafe, adjusted a bunch of stuff on the windows and doors in the cafe. Um, did a garage door opener in one of their garages. 
and a couple other things. I forget what. I think I did some of the South bathrooms and stuff. And he gave me this sports racer that didn't work. It was a Lotus 7 style chassis built by Fraser in New Zealand. Who, if you look them up, they build like perfect Lotus 7, like replicas, like amazing ones. Usually with Toyota 3S GTE or 4AG power plants. Um, they've built one race car ever, and it's this one. And it's like basically it looks like kind of a spec racer Ford had sex with a radical. And a Lotus 7, like, might have been part of it. Like, it's <laughs> it's a really weird look. It's, it's a cool-looking car from, like, a bunch of angles. Uh, but it's a front-engine rear driver. And, you like, my, my back is right up against the wheel well, basically. And it's a right-hand drive. And I had put... It had a 4AG Formula Atlantic motor in it when I bought Which it. Which you immediately grenaded. Yeah, I took it to a one Blackhawk day. It, like, ran good. Took it to one Blackhawk day. And it turns out one cylinder was running lean. Uh, and it literally exploded the piston. Um, and then I parted the engine. I had a dry sump. It had everything. The engine, like, originally must have cost, even back in 94 when it was built, it must have cost like 20000 bucks. Forge crank, forge rods, pistons, dry sump, because those things weren't forge crank from the factory. So it was like a forge stroker crank, from the, like, from the jump. Dry sump, like, Weber DCOE, 48 mils. Like, it was probably making, like, 220, 230 wheel. Um... And a TRD five-speed Toyota T50 Trans. So it was like a close ratio, hard-to-find five-speed. I sold that for a couple thousand bucks. I parted the whole drivetrain out. Like somebody came from Kansas City to buy the dry sump, the crank, and then they, I gave them the rods and pistons and the block and all that stuff. And somebody else bought the head because it was a small port head, which I guess in 4AG AE86 world is like hot shit. Somebody else bought the... the Intake manifold, which was custom, and the Weber DCOE carburetors. Um, just sold it all, right? Um, and then I bought a Yamaha 5VY, 5-valve R1 motor, so like 1,000cc superbike motor. Um, used a Hawk drivetrain adapter that basically slides onto the... You turn the engine sideways, and the chain sprocket, you slide a drive shaft adapter on, and then you have a drive shaft made. So you only have, you know, the forward gears. You don't have any, uh, you don't have any what's reverse. What's going on, man? Hey, Rob, what's up? You don't have any reverse or anything. You only got the forward gears. And I got it running, factory wiring, factory CU and everything. It ran great. And I took it to a Honda meet in 19, 18? I don't remember. Um, and you oiled down. And uh, the oil cooling line properly broke off. And I oiled down between turn two and three. And then all of a sudden I had a little bit of a knock because the rod bearing had loosened up just enough that the piston was touching the head. And I got frustrated with my life, and then I sold the thing cheap to a dude in Austin, Texas, who recently had a baby. After he had fixed it up, new motor, built a really much nicer roll cage for it because the roll cage was sketch, super sketch. And um, had a baby, and his wife and him used to autocross it. He's like, hey, man, nobody seems to want this thing. You want to buy it? And I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, I actually had reached out to him, like, hey, if you ever want to sell it. And then, like, a week later, he's like, funny you say. <laughs> and he sold it to me for what I sold it to him for. So, like, <laughs> just I, trading money back and I forth. owe this guy big time. If I ever sell it, I'm going to, if I ever sell it and make any money, I'm going to split it with him because, like, he did so much work to it. Um, and it's being delivered by Iowa Man. Uh, nice. Yeah, it was going to be delivered by Jason Tipple until Jason Tipple's wheel fell off. I the, saw that. Yeah. 
Uh, so now Jason Tipple's wheel fell off his MDX. So now he's got a trailer, his MDX, on the empty trailer that he took to Solo Nationals that was going to have my tr- car on it. And uh, so the Iowa man buddies, Ryan Seiler and Josh Fettis, they picked it up at Solo Nats on Monday, brought it to Dalton's house, and it's coming in the stacker. So Sick. I got to put a seat in it, and it should be like ready to rip. So, now I remember uh, the sports racer had uh, like a roll bar. Yeah. Kind of right at like shoulder height. Yeah, that was sketch. like not great. And then it had like an extra little hoop on top of it to almost get it to height. This dude put an, a pretty tall one on. Okay, uh, thicker wall, better mounts. He actually cut the butt. The body was like an hour long project to pull it off. He had to unbolt the roll bar, like do a bunch of stuff to like get the body off. And to make a shock adjustment, you had to take the body off. That's stupid. Like it was, yeah, it was nuts. Um, so he actually cut the body in three pieces. Okay. And made different mounts so that you can like quickly pull the pull the front half off and actually work on it, or quicker pull the back half off and work on it. Got it. Um, so that's I mean it should be like a lot easier to live with. I think I'm gonna wrap it. I might paint it, um, but I think I might do the the ghetto digital camel camo. I I, have, so. I feel like everything in your life has to be the the tan and gray. The ghetto digital camo. It has to be yeah. that. Because um, your CRX was that, right? Yeah, yeah, and the RV is now. And I think I'm going to do the trailer, too. Eventually. I think you should. I think you should finish the RV first. Yeah, I do it about an hour at a time, like twice a year. I got about another hour and a half on the RV, and it's done. Um, or the sides are done, at least. Front and back, those will be easier. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be weird to see the car that, like, I I was sad when I sold it. Um because it, it felt like I had like an unfinished. I only did like three sessions ever with it, and it was I, one of the most fun things. to drive. I remember your face. There, yeah. there's a picture somewhere. It might even be a Blackhawk the first time. Yeah. The the face you made when you were driving it was unlike anything that I've ever it seen. It was um, so the first time I ever took it out was at Blackhawk with the Toyota motor. I only did one day. I think I did three sessions, and it blew up on the third session. I remember the the session before the last, it smelled different. And I was like, something smells weird. And then it turns out one of the cylinders had leaned out. Um, But, man, it was so fun. It was, like, so, so good. I just put some, like, SM7 Hoosiers on it. Um, And then I put the R1 motor in it, and it was way faster in a straight line. (laughs) And it had a sequential because it's a bike motor. And uh, so I'm really, I'm I'm stoked to, like, drive it again. Like, I'm kind of nervous, too. But yeah, I'm, but I'm stoked about it. So, uh, Ben Mitchell, who's been on the show recently, one of the um, bad company GLTC car buddies, he uh, he 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 sold me a Kirky 17 inch uh, that I'm going to mount in it because the previous owner, the dude I bought it from, Matt Beck, he had uh, he had built a like a frame for a Kirky seat. You have to drill the bottom of the seat, but he built an actual seat frame because it didn't even have a seat before. It had like like foam panels that you sat on. And so it didn't have like really a good headrest, which is kind of sketchy. Sure. Um, and he's shorter than I am. So he put a seat further forward. So I bought a Kirky. Uh, it's going to be delivered by the guys from lane automotive on Friday. Um, so I'll put that in and, uh, hopefully still fit in it. But, um, yeah, it's going to be weird. Is it your goal to get on track this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see how it does, but uh, I I only did one session here, and I've still got video of me like cruising up the front straight, like shifting, chasing John Coster in his like K twenty four Civic. Um, 
and just just hitting the uh, the bike sequential, just like bang, 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 pulling it backwards. It's so cool. Like it's so good. I, sorry, my mind wanders, but I just realized that we missed our opportunity. I think we missed it now. What's that? Uh, Rob is here, right? And you, me, and Charlie are here. Yeah. The photo op that we wanted. Oh, yeah. We got do rollers with the buses. Yeah. We might need to do it on Sunday. I mean, I would wait for that. But you're probably gonna leave. I mean, I, I want to leave, yeah. but like, if I could do that, the problem is like we're all we're all entrenched up in the camp up there. <laughs> I know it's a mistake. I'm down here, we'll, like we'll I'm ready done. to go. We'll I could done. I could unplug right now and be on track in like two minutes. I could not. There's no way I can get out because we built fences around me. <laughs> and Charlie's the same way. Charlie's Charlie's like bus could not be the, more. The cool. Prevost. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. We got to do a show with him too. But uh, um, yeah. What uh, what do you think? What are you excited about for this weekend? Um, well, Ferris is coming, right. and if anyone has a chance to break Will's record, it's probably him. Right. What's the um, overall 24? 20, 23 something. Twenty three something. Yeah. Twenty three eight ninety maybe. Yeah. That that's probably wrong. But uh, so Ferris is coming. Uh, I think Jackie is bringing the Supra. I can't remember. I um, he's been running the Tesla as well. So. Yeah. Um, Track mod is kind of in a lull at, at the moment, mm-hmm. um, but not really because Ferris runs both. Right. Uh, well, the records haven't been a lull. There hasn't been a ton of like heavy competition. Correct. Um, street mod, hard to say. I'm really excited about Club TR. There's going to be a lot of Club TR cars. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, street. someone who is coming, I, I don't know if he won a title today or not, uh, Robert Thorne in the Big Bad Wolf oh, won yeah. King of the Mountain last weekend, which is awesome for him. Yeah, two uh, weekends ago. Last week? No, I think it was last weekend. Yeah, it, it was. I've had a, I've done a lot of things since then. And let me see. I'm going to check in real time to see if uh, Robert won an. Yeah, that was like eight days ago. Um, <clears throat> so there are a number of people who are at Solo Nationals right now in Nebraska. Yeah. Who are packing up their stuff and just Come coming here? In. And they and a bunch of them were at King of the Mountain the weekend before. Went home for a day, and then went to Solo Nationals. Let's see. Uh, Robert was running XP. Oh, my. He finished third. Oh. Um, congratulations, Robert, still. Got third, the trophies. Third place is pretty good. Yeah. Um, wow. Came on real, like, the other guys came on really strong right at the end. It only takes one run. Solo is hard, man. Yeah, dude, solo is hard. Tomo just won with the NSX, right? Correct. And, and he was, what, P3 at King of the Mountain? He, yeah. con- he coned yeah, it he away. Coned. Yeah. So like a strong, strong showing for both of those guys. Um, they're I think both going to be here. I, I assume Tom will be here. Yeah, Tom's coming here, um, but not in the NSX. He'll be driving GLTC. He's bringing the NSX though. Cool. The NSX is going to be a pace car. Cool. Yeah. So and then he's got to give the NSX back at the event here to back to Acura. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> so um, yeah, I know seems that, to enjoy it. <laughs> I know that uh, Alex, yep. who's been on the show a number of times. Is like uh, close to foaming at the mouth for how much he wants one. Really? Yeah, I could see him showing up with one of those. So uh, Aaron uh, has a customer, Aaron Lichty, who has one, and uh, rather than get it serviced at the Honda dealer, right, um, chooses to service with Aaron instead. And yep. so Aaron was putting a few road miles on it and showed up to uh, work a few weeks ago so when cool. I was dropping the bus off there as well. Right. Um, they're so cool. They're very cool, and they're smaller, like right. physically, 
than the pictures make them look. Right. Uh, the problem with that car, like the car, it should have been seventy five grand cheaper, you know. But like when you see what it does, like you can justify the price. But it's it feels like it's just in the wrong market. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Aaron and I were talking about it. Like it's um, just a little bit outside of its market, but it can be there because it's as good as it should be. But so yeah, like who's it for? <laughs> who's it for is the great question because right. Aaron told me that when you when you spec one, right. they start and they compete with on price a GT three, right? And they option similarly, right? And at the end of the day. If they're the exact same price as a GT3, mm-hmm. how many people would not buy the GT3? You don't have a lot. I mean, personally, I probably wouldn't. I mean, Acura would be a car to live with versus a Porsche. But, yeah, a GT3 is a GT3. I mean, it's still a GT3. So. And, it, and it sounds like a GT3. Yeah, it does. The Porsche is pretty rad, though, man. And, like, real fast. Like, real fast. Yeah. Um, real pretty. And like you could live with it like an accord. That's the thing. It's true. But yeah, and uh, I'm I'm speculating, but I would say that um, the fact that it hasn't like sold amazingly well, right, um, makes me feel like you know probably because it's such a good car, right? Probably in fifteen or twenty years, people are going to be like, man, that was yeah, such a good it, car. It'll probably be an appreciating asset. Yeah. Or at least a base like the baseline is what you paid for it, and you probably get that back. You know, probably you get to enjoy it. They're really pretty though. Like in real life, they're like prettier than I thought they were. Yeah. The agreed. first time I saw one, I was like, "Damn, that is a good looking car." Yep. Um, the first time I saw the Corvette, the new Corvette, um, when they're lowered and stuff, they look really pretty. But the first time I saw one in a picture, I was like, "Man, they look so pretty." Uh, and the first time I saw one in real life, bone stock, I was like, man, those are wheel gaps. <laughs> like, they're just not that pretty in real life. Um, I like certain colors of the C8. Yeah. Uh, I think black looks excellent. I, I think, think white I think also white looks, looks excellent. Yeah. Um, the, there's this one color. I forget which one it was. The blue or green? There's one really bad color. The, like the sky blue? There's something. The r- one that Robbie drove for one lap. I think I think I drove a white one, didn't I? No, I think it was There's sky one blue. color. Not a fan of the sky blue. I can't remember there's I can't remember what it is, but there's one that I don't like. Um, um I saw you know, I saw it in person, but I forget what color it was. So you're you're like taking us back to RVs for just a second. You're kind of farther along in your RV journey in your bus than uh Charlie and I are. Mm-hmm. Um so most of the stuff you've figured out, but what what I've noticed as it relates to country coaches is um, they stopped being built right uh, before everything was on the internet. Right. Yeah, and like so, what? Oh four, oh five. Uh, I think they they six something like that it, well, during the recession. I think it was oh right. eight or oh nine. Okay. But um, like the forums for country coach really aren't all that helpful because think about who was buying a country coach in oh four. They weren't going on the internet to fix. They weren't themselves. going. Yeah, right. they weren't DIY and fixes on a bus. Right. Um, and so that, that like, market is just coming in, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, when Second I go to the gen. forums now, there's not a whole lot of useful information. And so I told Charlie, like, half an hour ago that I think that there should be a spot on Tracktune that we just kind of, like, write <laughs> about fixing our buses. Because it's not the worst idea. Like, why wouldn't that be a good spot for it? Yeah. Because, well, they're, they're Tracktuned. It's not the worst idea, and you're taking over the racetrack. So, you um, found a dude that, like, knows everything about everything, though. Yeah. So uh, You told me this yesterday. Yeah, so the, the story is... Uh, on the internet, on the forums, there a guy's name is plastered all over the place. Right. His cell phone number and his email, and it's like 
Just call Jim. Just call Kevin. Kevin. And Kevin is based in Oregon, but the story, as I'm told from the internet, is Kevin used to work at the factory and now uh, makes a decent part of his living uh, selling service contracts of sort and parts for your bus. Right. So uh, the service contract is basically $350 a year, and he'll spend as much time on the phone with you consulting about whatever as you need. Right. Um, Yesterday, I spent... $1,500 $1,500 or so on shocks. On parts. Uh, and on uh, ride height valves. Right. And on uh, new sway bar brackets and bushings. Yeah, because one of your sway bar brackets broke off. Correct. Probably because the ride height was too low and the shocks were dead. Yeah. That's a that's a system that's that's failing all connected, in concert. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those should hopefully Makes be here sense. in about a week or so. Yep. Um, and you got it from him. Like he yep. he knew about it yep. and sold you the parts. Correct. Cool. And the, like everything's so. What he told me about the shocks is that these are upgraded. Right. And most of the time they drop in. Right. If they don't, you just have to clearance a little. Yeah. Just open it up. Get that get that flap wheel out. Just dude. make it. <laughs> cool. um, so I'm probably gonna do that. Uh, if the timing works out, I'll probably just do it at the winning formula on a Saturday. Right. And if it doesn't work out, it's going to. I wanted to do some just general maintenance at Cummins uh, before Road America. Right. Um, and the timing on that's been pretty good because on the drive up here, uh, we, we've done now like 2,000 miles okay. or so, may, more than that even, probably 2,500 miles. Right. And things have mostly been trouble-free. There is a, there's a code on the engine computer for a fan clutch. Mm-hmm. So the radiator fan uh, fails to on. Okay. Um, and if the fan clutch fails, the radiator's just on, and you pay a mile per gallon hit for that because it's just oh, really? more work. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm getting a code for a fan clutch, and I have had a code for uh, coolant level. Right. And um, you go back in the back, and you look through the sight glass, and it's like, well, it's green. There's okay. there's definitely coolant. Probably just a uh, corrosion on that sensor or something. Like Could that. be. Yeah. Um, and then yesterday on the way up here, I drove from Indianapolis or not from Louisville to my dad's house with, which is in Northern Indiana near South bend mm-hmm. uh, the night before stayed overnight. And then yesterday I drove up here, which is, you know, 90 miles or so. Right. And I got into Michigan kind of near red arrow highway, like just across the yeah. line yeah. and uh, massive alarm, like six codes, uh, like alarm on the bus, stop bus. Really? And like a beeping alarm to go with it. Holy shit. And it said that it the, the bus didn't have coolant, like loss of coolant. And I was like, well, that's weird. I, I'm i thinking about, okay, now I got to call a tow truck and AAA and do so it all that stuff. Over. And I pulled over and I looked at the codes and I was like, I don't know, man. And the bus was still running. And yeah. I looked at the temps and the temps were fine. So I turned the bus off and I started it back up. That's fine. I cleared the codes on the computer and I drove away. Does it have like an option to clear it? Yeah. Oh, cool. The 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 thing you see that looks kind of like a radio. Yeah. Uh, that's a trip computer and uh, like OBD like, OBD like kind of thing. Kind of the scanner. Yeah. Uh, it's all just built in cool. and it it does everything. And I think a cool thing about it is um, it measures your fuel economy, which I'm a nerd about. And right. like when you how accurate does it seem? Pretty accurate. Okay. Um, and Apparently, it monitors the rate of fuel usage for the gen as well, because yesterday I was uh, in my dad's driveway running the gen, mm-hmm. and when I parked it, it was seven and a half miles per gallon on the trip, and right. when I started it up to drive away, it was 7.2. 
Because you hadn't gone any miles, but you'd use some fuel. Yep. Makes sense. And like the, when, when only the gen is running, that computer will tell you stats about the gen as well. You figured out this is a Cummins, right? Uh, yeah, eight nine. I eight, think. Nine. I think. Oh my goodness! It's Bill Griffin and oh, man, uh, Bill Andrew Sam. Rains. I think we're gonna have to end this show and start another one. All right, fine. Thanks for listening. Yeah, man. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes, and come and find us in the pits at Gridlife to say hello. 